Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates from February 26th. We took a little break last week. We did. We did have a regular episode, but we did bring you an interview. With Nikolai Memola of Italy. Yes. Nikolai will be competing this week at the World Junior Championships in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So it's going to be a fun and intense skating week as the juniors will be ending their competitive season in Canada. Now, last year, Daphne, it was Worlds before World Junior Championships because of what was it again? Was it because we had a uh, host city not be able to host and we had to remove move the event? Um, I don't actually. I'm like trying to remember what happened, but yeah, it was we had worlds before we had world junior championships, and now we're back to normal with it being yes. junior worlds first, and then the world championships. But yeah, it'll be a busy week. It was. A little bit of a busy week this week too with um challenge cup and this was a big competition for um skaters who were still looking to get their minimums for worlds yes um i know we were definitely watching especially um in the men in the u.s because we'll talk about that in a little bit here but yeah let's just go right into the men here um, after winning the bronze medal at Four Continents, Shunsato of Japan won the men's event in probably what will be his final event of the season. He is not heading to the world championships, but we still have world team trophies, so we don't know if like skaters will be assigned to that. So, but this probably is his last, you know, single competition um of the season. So he. Uh, ended on a high note there, winning the gold at Challenge Cup. Now, Japan's Soto Yamamoto, who has had quite the season, um, winning silver at the Grand Prix Final, gold at World University Games, he claimed the silver medal in his lead-up event to the World Championships. So he will be at the World Championships um, in March. Now, Matteo Rizzo of Italy claimed the bronze medal. Now, this should probably solidify a world spot for Matteo because, believe it or not, Italy still has not named their world team yet. 
And now they have two spots for the men. The Italian silver medalist, Nikolai Mamola, is competing at the World Junior Championships this week. Now, the Italian bronze medalist, Gabrielle Fragipani, withdrew after the short program at Challenge Cup. So, Daphne, I think depending on how Nikolai skates at World Junior Championships this week, we could see him at Worlds, I'm thinking. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I know we have Daniel Grossel as well. I don't know. Yeah, I think that Italy has, well, they have a deeper men's field than they have had in a while. Mm-hmm. They're probably waiting to see who is the most consistent so that they send the best possible team to the world championships. Uh, Nikolai Memela has going in his favor the fact that he's been relatively consistent. Mm-hmm. He's had great finishes. So Italy's going to have a decision to make after this competition this week. Yeah. I find it interesting that they still haven't named their world team because here we are, we're like, what, three weeks away from Worlds? We're just a few weeks away. Yeah, and it just, it seems to me like for prep, (laughs) you would want to know if you're actually heading to Worlds. Um, you know, so I don't know what, how the skaters feel about this, not knowing if they're going to worlds or not, but, um, yeah, it's just interesting and we'll just have to wait and see who Italy names to their world team. But one person that will be heading to the world championships is team USA's Andrew Torgashev. He earned his minimum technical scores for both the short program and the free skate. I will say it was pretty close after the short program there. Um, I started looking to see, I'm like, okay, who's the first alternate, um, which it, it was Camden Polkinen, but I don't think we, we don't need Camden. Um, cause Andrew did, um, earn both his minimum technical scores for the short and the free skate for the world championships. He was in 10th after the short program and he finished in fifth overall. So congratulations to Andrew there. He did what he needed to do. He got his min- minimums. Well, remember, Andrew wanted to have great skates at Nationals. He's been injured, and he wanted to come into Nationals to have clean skates and put it out there and be injury-free. He did that. Mm-hmm. Now this is new territory because right. his season has been extended. And now he's going to be preparing for the world championships. It's exciting. It's interesting. I didn't have him on my, you know, predictions for meddling at nationals, but he certainly comes surging back, much like Soda Yamamoto coming back after injury. It's really hard to do that, especially something that takes you out for a couple seasons and you're not able to skate your best. Yeah. So... You know, we're going to, we'll see how things go. This is great for Andrew, and I'm hoping that he comes back, regroups, and gets ready to go out to debut in his first Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Again, I agree with you, Daphne. I really wasn't thinking Andrew this season, just because he has been not around. We haven't seen him. I think the last time we saw him in person skate was in 2020 at the u.s championships and you know and so i'm happy for him um and i hope yeah i hope he can deliver two strong skates at, in japan in a couple weeks 
Definitely. So let's move on to the women. Kaori Sakamoto looks like she's ready for Worlds. She won the women's event by more than 25 points ahead of Mai Mahara. They will show down again <laughs> at the World Championships, so we'll see how things go there. In ninth place after the short program, Manakuabi had a second place free skate to claim the bronze medal. It's what it's probably her final competition of the season that completed the Japanese sweep of the podium. <laughs> However, uh, the good news, Belgian women will have three women for worlds. Nina Pinzerone's training mate, Jade Hovine, got the world's minimum short program score of 32 TES that she needed to qualify as the third Belgian woman for worlds. It's incredible to think that Belgium is going to have three spots at the world championships and they have three skaters to, t to compete there. It's incredible yeah, to see I this think, happening. Daphne, I think Luna Hendricks was there at Challenge Cup watching, um, or at least I know I saw on social media, she was very excited and congratulating um, the women on, you know, getting you know, the three spots there, um, you know, having the three spots and having three women for those spots is what I should say. Well, unfortunately, things did not go as well for Sweden's expressive and entertaining Josephine Talegard. She fell short by a mere 0.18 for TES, so she will not be able to compete at the world championships. That's so tough. You yeah. It's so close. Oh. Yeah, it's... It it it's sad to think yeah. that you know you're that close. Hopefully, she'll use this to push her for next season. You know, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Well, moving on to the pairs, continuing their successful season, Italy's Sarah Conti and Niccolo Macchi won gold by almost 15 points ahead of Hungary's Maria Pavlova and Alexei Zivachenko, who were in fourth after the short program. Netherlands' Nika Ozapova and Dmitry Epstein, who claimed the bronze medal in their home event. Philippines' Isabella Gamez and Alexander Korovin skated the best shore program of the season to earn their first world's berth for themselves and for their country. They got the short program minimum score they needed. It was really coming down to the wire, and a lot of of the competitors were able to get what they needed in order to go to Worlds. This, something yeah. similar happened in the ice dance event. Mm. So Evgenia Loparova and Jeffrey Brussel won the gold medal. They were followed by Luisa Demoje and Teo Lemercier, who got silver. And Finland's Yuka Orohara and Juho Perinen got the bronze. So for a while, we were talking about how Spain finally got their two bursts at the World Championships. However, things changed, and Sarah Hurtado, Kirill Kalyavin, they retired from competition and started a school. Actually, Sarah was there because Sofia Val and Asaf Kazimov are representing Spain. They got released, but they also got the minimums they needed to represent Spain at the World Championships. Now, they'll be the only team representing Spain at Worlds. Even though Spain has two berths, they only have one senior team that has the minimums. 
Um, Olivia Smart and Adrian Diaz. Well, of course, Diaz has retired. He's now coaching at the London, Toronto area school that is part of the Ice Academy in Montreal. Um, Olivia Smart uh, is right now on Dancing on Ice in the UK. <laughs> so Spain will send one team, um, and Sarah is their coach, so it was great to see her in the Kiss and Cry transitioning into that role. Also, the new national champions, Chelsea Verhaeg and Shireen Van Geffen, got the minimums that they need to represent the Netherlands at the World Championships. Hmm. Well, Daphne, did you know we also had juniors at this event? And at, like, yes. Dance Novice? <laughs> it's a very big competition. <laughs> yes. So we will talk a little bit about the juniors here. We'll start with the junior men. Harua Sasiaki won the gold for Japan, with Japan's Haru Kakiushi winning the silver, and Switzerland's Georgi Pavola winning the bronze. Well, in women, it was a Japanese sweep again, <laughs> with Ayumi Shibuyama winning the gold, Akuru Kushida winning the silver, and Yurina Akuno, who was sixth in the short program, moving up to take the bronze. Well, in junior pairs, in their first international event and only their first season as pair skaters, USA's Olivia Flores and Luke Wang won the gold medal. They did not have their best free skate, finishing second in the segment, but they managed to win the event. They attempted and landed their first throw triple flip in competition with positive GOEs in the short program. Austria's Georgina Jadini and Luke Meyerhofer won the silver. Now, Luke competed in the senior men's event as well, finishing in 13th. Now, Olivia and Luke of the U.S. also compete singles too. So it's very, you know, a lot of this double yes. double duty. Uh, <laughs> double Olivia, discipline. Yes. Yeah. Olivia and Luke didn't do it here at Challenge Cup like Luke Meyerhofer did. But, um, yeah, it's, it's so cool when you see skaters competing in um, multiple disciplines. And winning the bronze medal is Kataline John Seleski and Lucas Rosler of Germany won the bronze. While the junior ice dance field was a little smaller than the senior, were only five teams competing. Perrier, Giannissini, and Samuel Blanc Claperman of France won the gold. With Belgium, Sofia Bresnosikova and Max Arkady Brunovich Lelu of Belgium taking the silver. And Aliska Zakova and Philip Menzel of Czech Republic taking the bronze. And finally, Team USA sent a woman and a man to compete in the advanced novice events, this competition. Jessica Jerka won the gold medal in the advanced novice women. And Nicholas Brooks, who is or was an ice dancer, won the advanced novice men gold medal. Well, there was another competition that went on this weekend. It was the Bellu Memorial, and it took place in Bucharest, Romania. Um, gold medals were won by Croatia's Yari Kessler and Romania's Yulia Sautner in senior, and Ukraine's Vadim Novakov and Slovakia's Olivia Yanglova in junior. Uh, achieved the TES minimum score they needed for Worlds was Yari and Yulia. Now, Yari 
makes his world debut at the age of 26. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> that is cool. We also will have links to the Spring Cup, the Talon K Hotels Cup, and Novice uh, Canadian Championships and the Skate Canada Cup uh, competitions. Those will all be in our show notes. Moving on to some general skating news. Gina, we got an update from the World Anti-Doping Agency this week. Yeah, we did. They announced that they will appeal Rusita's decision to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, seeking a four-year ban for Camila Believa and the disqualification of all her results, including the Olympics. Um, now, on Friday, Rusita has appealed its own disciplinary panel saying, quote, no fault or negligence in the Camilla Velieva decision to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. It's kind of interesting that they're appealing its own disciplinary panel's results. So this is just continuing to go on and on and on. And while this is still going on and on and on, we still now are over a year and people still don't have medals. Yep. Yeah, so we will wait and see, um, as we've been saying for over a year, on what will now come from this, so. Yeah. So, U.S. Figure Skating released a statement on Friday that Caitlin Hawaiik and John Baker have chosen not to compete at the World Championships as they continue to prioritize their healing and mental health. Christina Carrera and Anthony Ponomarenko will compete as they are the first alternates, they will be heading to Saitama to compete in their first world championships. Now, both Caitlin and Jean-Luc released statements on social media reflecting on this decision. And I think we should just go ahead and read their statements in full. I can start. I will read uh, Caitlin's. Okay. If you want to read John Luke's. So, Caitlin released the following statement on social media. She just says, Hi everyone, I've been taking some intentional space from social media over the past two months, but I wanted to share this moment in my journey with you all as you've been so supportive of John Luke and I over the course of our career thus far. As many of you have seen and followed, John Luke and I have made some tough decisions the past few months to sit out the remainder of our competitive season for personal reasons. As an athlete, we are taught to push past physical and mental challenges because that's what tough competitors do. Many people don't know that during the Olympic season, I not only experienced a significant concussion, but I also fully tore my ACL in the same training incident. The athlete mentality came to full force as my dream of going to the Olympics was so close to achieving, and at that moment, pushing myself to return in time for the season was not a question in my mind. This past year, I have continued to face significant post-concussive challenges that put me in constant pain and limitation to how I could live my life outside training, and as the months passed and I pushed through, anxiety and depression really began to have an impact on my life that felt too large to just push through 
and continue to ignore in order to live the tough competitor mentality. It's never easy to make a decision to press pause, especially when from the outside, the season had been going so well, but I made the decision to prioritize my mental health. And at the moment, this is still a work in progress. The past few months have been full of tough moments, but I'm making steps day by day to be a wholehearted and healthy version of Caitlin that I am eager to discover. She finishes with, I'm so grateful for the support my family, Jean-Luc, and my team here in Montreal have provided me as I step into a new focus of prioritizing my well-being as a person first and letting the process of being a competitive athlete come second. Our competitive aspirations are still there, and Jean-Luc and I are putting our focus onto next season, allowing myself to take the time now to get my physical and mental health to where it needs to be, to continue to perform with the same authenticity and love that we value so much in what we put on the ice. Much love, Caitlin. Well, John Luke said, Hey everyone, as many of you might have seen, we have withdrawn from all of our events from the second half of the season due to prioritizing our mental health. Making these decisions have been, has, have been ex- incredibly difficult, but also extremely important for Caitlin and myself. We love what we do so much and the moments we can create together. Having to turn down opportunities to perform and share a part of us is heartbreaking because of how much we love to share with all of you. One of the many beauties of our sport is being able to connect with an arena full of fans, family, and friends without saying a word for four minutes. Inviting people into the world that we create together and to feel emotions that we are sharing with one another. It is absolutely my favorite part of the sport. In order to do that, we need to become the most vulnerable with ourselves before allowing you to step into our world with us. Throughout our sport, we have sustained many injuries and always come back fighting. Fighting regardless of the effects on our body, fighting without question on the effects of our lives, fighting without consideration of how it changes our overall overall well-being. As athletes, we are wired to always come back fighting in order to perform for the next event, and we have always done that. We are now taking a step back for the rest of the season in order to fight for ourselves and heal. As challenging as this process is, I couldn't be prouder of Caitlin and myself for choosing this path in order to come back stronger than ever. We will miss all of you so very much. Open your hearts to whatever your life brings and know you are never alone. We will see you soon and create more moments together again. So I read these statements yesterday before, um, while we were still planning out what content was going to be included Mm -hmm. in this episode. And Gina and I were on the same page where we wanted to read their statements. Mm -hmm. It continues to shine a lens on athlete mental health, but also the concept of being a tough competitor Mm -hmm. and pushing through mental and physical challenges Mm -hmm. and how I'm not sure it's really been recognized the toll that it takes on the mind and body of an athlete. I think it's so quickly that we all forget that 
athletes are people too, and they have aspirations and dreams. They have goals that they set in the sport and want to achieve. They can push through some things, but at some point, that comes at a cost. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's very brave of Caitlin and John Luke to take this time rather than pushing themselves either the, even further into a place that's just not healthy for them. Yeah. And I know, I know some fans have, you know, there's been backlash where people don't understand, well, it's your job and you need to push through it. And, you know, it it's... A do or die mentality and that's just not fair to put on them yeah it it is their job but think of our all of our jobs i mean mm-hmm. i'm i'm assuming everybody has situations at work that are not great and take a toll on you as well um and so i mean i think what caitlin and jean luc are doing is showing it's such there's so much bravery in what they're doing right now and in in telling people hey look we need to take a step back we need to not only for what they do out on the ice but for themselves as people we need to reevaluate we need to look at you know why we're skating maybe that's a thing maybe we need to you know look back at that maybe there we don't know and this is one thing i want to say we only see the skaters when they compete every, you know, if they've got competition here and a competition there, we see them for four minutes in their free skate, you know, three minutes in their short program. That's it. We're not in their training locations seven days a week. We don't know what it's like. We don't live with these skaters. We don't. So we only see a small segment of the athlete. So we don't know the things that they have to deal with or what is going on in their own lives. I mean, you know, I look at the skaters from Ukraine where they're competing amidst a war going on and family and friends. We don't know. We only know a small grasp of the Mm -hmm. people that we talk about here on a weekly basis. Yes. And I think... You have to look at the future and know that the impact that these challenges have on you Mm -hmm. so that, as Caitlin said, she's talking about her life outside of skating. Yeah. Because they're people. Mm -hmm. They're not just, you know, athletes who are performing for fans with this expectation that we should all be privy to everything going on in their lives. Right. No, we shouldn't. Right. They can tell us what they want. They can share what they'd like us to know. But that's on them. That's their prerogative to share what they want to. Exactly. That's- and I think sometimes as as fans, we need to go back and look at ourselves and, and say, is do we want people poking around in our lives? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You know, this has been a challenging year for them. They had some great performances with some fantastic results. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it was very difficult to come to the decision to 
press pause on what had been a good season for them. Mm-hmm. However, there are some sometimes, and I've learned this too, because I feel like I'm a tough person, mm-hmm. you know, but there are things you can't just push through. Yeah. There are times in life where you just have to sit back and and be the passenger, mm-hmm. you know, while you heal yourself. Like not be putting yourself into situations that are just going to make things worse. So I'm applauding them mm-hmm. for making a decision that was right for them. We here at This Week in Skating wish them both the best and are yes. looking forward to hopefully seeing them next season Mm -hmm. this will give them more time to continue to work on those challenges and you know you can't just snap your fingers and have everything be fine we applaud them for putting themselves first yes and again sending them all of our love and support and you know we will we'll see them soon i know that i definitely feel that um and it will be as i said i think in a podcasts ago it'll be when the time is right for them so yes exactly so let's move on gina yeah so u.s figure skating also sent out a press release um actually today saying that robert yampolsky who plays fifth at the junior grand prix final has withdrawn from the world junior championships the press release said it was due to medical reasons um so we don't know exactly what um it, it is for his withdrawal, but um, wishing the best to Robert. He will be replaced by Michael G. Michael finished fifth at the U.S. Championships. So that closes out our general skating news. So let's move on to recent articles and interviews. We've got a lot of we articles do. and interviews that took place over, I think maybe some of these might have been the week we did not do our regular episode. Yes. Um, but International Figure Skating Magazine talked to Jeremy Abbott um, about finding his niche and what he has been up to. There's an article on Team USA where the athletes reminisce about their favorite memories from the Beijing Games as we are now one year out from that competition. Well, U.S. Figure Skating did, um, they've been doing a features on their eight Get Up ambassadors and Recently, they talked to Stephanie Kaiser, who um, is one of the eight Get Up ambassadors. Well, Europe on Ice posted an interview with Aliona Sevchenko. She is the 2018 Olympic gold medalist in pairs. She talks about her new career path five years after winning the Olympics in what was her fifth attempt. U.S. Figure Skating released a list of winners for the Mabel Fairbanks Skatingly Yours Awards. They are scholarships given to support the training and development of Black, Indigenous, and people of color figure skaters who demonstrate good sportsmanship, commitment, perseverance, and determination to be their best. Well, Lois Elfman did an article at Amsterdam News talking to two of the athletes, Alexa Gasparato and Nathan Chappell, who are both coached by Roheen Ward. Well, Lynn Rutherford of Team USA took a look back at Tara Lipinski and Michelle Kwan from Nagano, which was 25 years ago. I find that hard to believe because 
That's the Olympics I remember really, really well because I was um, middle school. And so that was like my first real, like this was, you know, I was all into it. Um, I remember some probably like 94, 92, but 98. And (laughs) that was 25 years ago. Uh, It's crazy to me. I know. Time just goes so fast. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, Golden Skate, um, their journalist Anna Keller did an interview with Bruno Marcotte. The title of the article was The Door is Wide Open, and it is quite an interesting look at the future of pairs. So I encourage anyone to give that a read. And speaking of Anna. Yes, Anna is the host of the Future of Figure Skating podcast. Now they had on Kira Corpy about her approach to coaching and mental health. Well, Debbie Thomas put on a pair of skates and skated for the first time in 12 years. She participated as a guest at the World Figure Sport Skate with Love Exhibition Ice Show in Lake Placid last week, and the Adirondack Daily Enterprise did an interview with her. So just ahead of Junior Worlds, U.S. Figure Skating's Fan Zone, Did an article with Naomi Williams and Lachlan Luer, who are competing at the World Junior Championships, only six months into their partnership. We have a lot of new teams in the U.S., (laughs) especially at the lower levels. So it's really interesting to see that. Yeah. Well, Daniel Martinoff aims to skate clean and show what he can do in his Junior World debut. And there was an article with him on the Fan Zone. Well, the fan zone was also busy with some synchro articles, including one on the Starlight's Junior Synchronized Skating Team, which they are focusing on their continuing climb. Well, Fondue Lockblade's Junior Synchronized Skating Team is skating to the Backstreet Boys this season. Now, I'm going to say I'm wanting to see these programs. Um, I read the article and I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to see this. So, yeah. It makes me think of Ava Payton, Logan Byers, before Musta InSync's Bye Bye Bye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the Skyliners, synchronized skating team, are the subject of another article by the Fan Zone um, about synchro. It's great to see Fan Zone interviewing some of the synchro teams and talking about um, the sport more, just to, you know, it elevates so that it's more out there for people to discover. And I think we might see a few more articles coming this week because the U.S. Synchronized Championships is this coming week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yes, we will. So moving on to social media updates. Uh, Congratulations are in order to Piper Gillis. Um, She announced through this happy Valentine's Day posted that she married her longtime boyfriend, Nathan Kelly. Congratulations, Piper. It appears she had a small wedding in September, and she posted in the comments they're going to do another one later this year. So I've known Piper since she was a juvenile ice dancer, (laughs) and it's great news. Yeah, I feel like this was like the best kept secret, (laughs) because it was, she made a post on Valentine's Day that she was married, and I was like, wait, was she even engaged? (laughs) Yes, she was. (laughs) Yeah, you know, those skaters, they can keep they can keep some of those big celebrations a secret. Yeah. So, 
Um, but we also got some engagement news with Nicole Della Monica got engaged to her boyfriend, Abraham Cañendo, who is an Olympic wrestler. Well, Stars on Ice posted that this is going to be Kurt Browning's final tour. Kurt has been in more Stars on Ice show than anyone else in the history of the tour. And this will be number 30 for him. He is going to be appearing in both the Canadian and the U.S. tours. It's crazy that, you know, how long he has been, you know, performing in Stars on Ice. And I'm looking forward to seeing his final tour. So Skate Japan News posted that both Kaori Sakamoto and Mai Mahara received the Hyogo Sports Excellent Award. Congratulations. Yes. Anastasia Smiranova and Danielle Sitsania posted two videos of them back on the ice training together. Now, Anastasia suffered a slight pelvic fracture four weeks ago. Uh, last week, she returned to the ice doing some stroking and skating, and now this week she was able to start working on some elements, the death spiral and the pair combination spin. Um, the team did petition for a world spot but did not receive one. After missing Nationals two years in a row, COVID and then this injury, we're hoping to see them in 2024. I did speak with them in San Jose, and they are... They're just looking ready to get back on the ice and hoping to have a season with nothing getting in their way. Um, they really just need um, to be injury-free, um, healthy, and um, I'm really hoping to see them skate you know, early in the Grand Prix season and then at Nationals. Yeah, well, you know, just saying, there were a couple of skaters who missed out on Nationals for a few years that came back and had great events, so... Fingers yeah. crossed yes. that Anastasia and Daniil can yeah. come back next season and make that debut at Nationals at the senior level. Yeah. So Canada's Haley Sales posted on Instagram that her partner, Nicholas Wamsteeker, has decided to retire from competition uh, to join the Canadian Air Force. Haley says that she will continue to pursue her dreams and goals in the sport. We wish Nick the best as he mm -hmm. moves on to this new chapter in his life. And good luck to Haley as she will now be looking for a partner. Yeah, I did want to say this. I enjoyed their Phantom of the Opera free dance um, this season. Well, junior ice dancers Emma Esperanza and Mika Emador have announced their retirement from competitive skating. And they did that on Instagram. Acacia Hill, who is the sister of Asher Hill, was on the Canada talk show City Line to talk about Brampton Hill Skating Academy, which is the first Black-owned skating school in North America. Acacia opened Brampton Hill Skating Academy in 2019. Asher is very proud of his sister. Mm -hmm. I see him uh, promoting her stuff all the time. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's how I saw it was through Asher. He was, you know, promoting his sister's work, which is just awesome. A competitive figure skater from California is one of three finalists. She's the only girl left on the Food Network's Kids Baking Championships. Now, I watch this show, so I've been wanting to mention this. Naho is 13 years old, and her baking business is called Miley Baking. Now, Naho performed in the Skating Spectacular show that closed out the 2023 U.S. Figure Skating Championships. 
She skates with the Peninsula Skating Club. Now, if you want to see her, you can watch her on the Food Network Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern. The finale is this week. Well, Nathan's children's book came out this week. I have it. It's so cute. (laughs) I thought the illustrations were so (laughs) perfect for this book. Um, He has also been nominated for the Laureus World Breakthrough of the Year Award, and the awards are coming soon. Well, Daphne, Jason Brown has a bobblehead. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He does. Through the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum, which is in Wisconsin, um, they actually reached out to me to help them promote his bobblehead. Now, I know some fans say it doesn't look like Jason, but whatever you think. Um, but you can purchase your own Jason Brown bobblehead. I know some fans might want to do that. So you can find his in- info on how to do that on his website, and we'll put the link in our show notes. So, good old Ilya Malinin posted a video on his Instagram story of him doing a quad axle Euler triple sal cow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we thought it might have just ended at the quad axle, but no, he's gotta go. Oh jeez. I'm starting just... to think that he might need a parachute. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. I, I kind of want to put him right now because we only have, what, like three weeks until we yeah. bubble wrap. Yeah. Just put him in bubble wrap. Okay, you want to yeah. go and do these crazy jumps, but we're going to put you in bubble wrap so that <laughs> if you, you don't get hurt. I know. I know. So International Figure Skating Magazine posted a letter from Claudine Hutchinson stating that she's retiring from Silver Blade Tours as of February 13th. There's no word on the future of Silver Blade Tours, but we wish Claudine the best in her retirement. She has been doing this for 41 years. It's incredible. And yeah, I've met Claudine a few times. She is a friend of several of my friends. So I've, yeah, so I've had a chance to chat with her before. Everything she's done, it's been amazing for fans because she basically organizes a, a complete tour for them to come and watch figure skating. And then I believe they do other stuff in the area as well. So we've got to wish her the best in, yeah. you know, to retirement, mm-hmm. spending time with their family. Well, so let's transition to the upcoming events. Oh my goodness. It's time <laughs> for the world junior championships, which is taking place in Calgary, British Columbia. I know our friend Danielle Earl is heading that way. And Robin is heading that way. Um, very exciting for Canada to get to host the world junior championships. Cause I think Daphne, if I remember, was that your first competition or you met Anne, right? Wasn't there some I did. story? <laughs> I know some story. So I met Anne at the World Junior Figure Skating Championships in uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. Okay. It was in 2005. It was my first ISU Championships. The first time I was credentialed for the ISU Championships. It seems like it was last week. But so many of the competitors from that competition have gone on to and are now coaches. Like I see them at competitions as coaches. 
So it's, you know, it's surreal that, uh, that this is happening. I had been hoping to go to World Junior Championships this year, but it just didn't work out uh, for me to be able to do it. But I'm super excited to watch it um, mm-hmm. online because there's, the level of competition is just so high. Yes. And I hear you can watch it on YouTube and it's not geo blocked. So everybody can watch it on YouTube. So, um, and I'm sure we're going to hear Ted. I'm not sure about Mark, but we'll definitely hear Ted Barton. Um, well, Gina, Mark may have a little time because unfortunately he and his partner, Carly were eliminated. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) From the competition. It's sad. Uh, yeah, they're out of the competition. Um, so, you know, Mark might have a little time to um, to do some commentary this week. Although, you know, Mark, ha- we've had him on this podcast. He finds time to do whatever yeah. he needs to do. Yeah. As of this recording, uh, Olivia Smart is still in the competition. So, oh, okay. We'll see how that goes, but let's talk about the competitors. Yes. So we'll start with the men. 42 men are competing at the World Junior Championships, including Cal Mira, who we saw just a couple weeks ago win gold at Four Continents. Nikolai Memola is the Junior Grand Prix final winner and someone we just had on the podcast. Team USA's Luca Brassard is the Junior Grand Prix final silver medalist. And Nozumu Yoshioka is the Junior Grand Prix Final bronze medalist. So this is going to be a good competition in the men's event. Yes. Well, in the women, there are 48. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and only 24 make it to to the free skate. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But we have the amazing Mao Shimada, who is the Junior Grand Prix Final winner. Jia Shin, who was the silver medalist at the final, Min Soi Kwan, Ami Nakai, who were finalists at the Junior Grand Prix final, Kimi Rapond, who is the European bronze medalist, <laughs> Kaya Ruder, who is the Canadian silver medalist, and Josephine Lee, who was fifth in her senior debut at the U.S. Championships. This is going to be a fun competition to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in the pairs event, there are 14 pairs teams, including Australia's Go- Anastasia Golubova and Hector Geotopoulos Moore, and they won the Junior Grand Prix final. Team USA's Sofia Barham and Daniel Tumensev are the Junior Grand Prix final silver medalists, and they were fourth at the U.S. Championships. Japan's Haruna Murakami and Sumatada Moraguchi, who finished fourth at the Grand Prix Final, will also be competing. So it should be an interesting pairs event as well. Well, to round it out, we have 31 dance teams. Of course, 20 will qualify for the free dance. This event includes Canada's Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont. They've been on a roll this season. They are the reigning World Junior Bronze medalists. They won the Junior Grand Prix Final. Korea's Hana Lim and Ye Kwan, who are the JGP Final Silver Medalists. Czech Republic's Katerina Moraskova and Daniel Moracek, the Bronze Medalists, although they had some mistakes, and I am expecting them 
to come out of this competition fighting for the gold medal. I feel like they're going to use those mistakes to fuel them for this competition. Also at this event, two-time U.S. Junior Champions Leia Nesset, Artem Markolov. This is their first World Junior Championships, despite winning the title last year in the U.S. Um, there's also Great Britain's Phoebe Becker, James Hernandez, who made the final, as well as Daria Grimm and Mikhail Savitsky of Germany, who were a big surprise at last year's World Junior Championships. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to watch. Yes. Well, not only is the World Junior Championships going on this week, but as we mentioned, U.S. Synchronized Championships taking place in Peoria, Illinois. There are 1,800 skaters from more than 90 of the top synchronized skating teams from across the country competing in nine divisions. So we have juvenile, intermediate, novice, junior, senior, senior elite, 12, collegiate, adult, and masters that will compete for the title of U.S. champion. The Hayden Nets are looking to win their 30th U.S. title and be named to the world team. Worlds are going to take place in Lake Placid at the end of March, beginning of April, the week after the World Figure Skating Championships. And Gina and her mom may be in attendance. Fingers yes, crossed. fingers crossed. So we're hoping to go as long as the weather cooperates. We should be there. So Yeah. It's been a mild winter, so I feel like... It has, but we haven't had March yet here in western no. New York, so we don't will... know what to expect. <laughs> will March come in like a lamb and go out like a lion or the reverse? I guess oh, we'll see soon we'll enough. Wait and see, so yeah. So the junior-senior collegiate-level competition will be available to watch on Peacock Premium, and all other levels will be able available to be viewed on U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone. Well, there's another synchronized competition going on this week. Um, it is the Steel City Trophy, and it's taking place in Sheffield. Um, it's a club competition, an international competition in Great Britain, so it's mostly synchro teams from Great Britain competing. And with that, Gina, we've reached <laughs> the end of our content for this episode. Can you let folks know where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media. Twitter, it's at this WK in skating, and then Facebook and Instagram, it's this week in skating. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate, as always, the support we have received via email and social media. Please keep it coming. Let us know who you would like us to interview on a future episode. Uh, that's one thing that you could do to help us. In addition, if you follow us on your podcast player of choice, please leave a review, not just a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. Written reviews and subscriptions help us get our podcast in front of more eyes on the Apple Podcast platform. We'd really appreciate your support. Yes. Well, we like to end our episode with a little spotlight on what's going on at our respective websites. Over at IDC, Eureka has sent us photos from Challenge Cup. So we have pictures from the junior and senior events at 
that competition. We also posted an interview with Jennifer Jans van Rensburg and Benjamin Steffen of Germany. Matteo was very busy at the European Championships. I have three more interviews that I'm going to be posting over the next couple weeks. Um, it's yeah, it's it's great. We're really getting to know these teams, kind of the teams that are the next group of teams. Now that um, we've had retirements at the top and throughout the rosters, we have a bunch of teams to get to know. Well, I know Mateo was very busy over Europeans because he did an interview for us over at FSO. He talked to Italy's Lucrezia Bacari and Mateo Garise. Um, about this new partnership, we all remember Matteo um, competing with Nicole Della Monica. So um, Matteo uh, talked to Lucrezia and Matteo about this new partnership and what their goals are going forward. I posted an interview that I did with Bella Flores and Olivia Flores, along with their partners and their parents. Um, if you don't know, Bella is competes in ice dance with um, her partner, Vanya, and Olivia Flores competes in junior pairs, and she also did junior um, women at the U.S. Championships. And so we just talked about how it's, you know, two, two skaters, um, you know, competing at the highest level, their siblings, what's it like for the parents? It was really a good, um, article with them. And so I definitely check that out. Claire, who was at Four Continents, spoke with Canada's Leah Pereira and Trent Machad. That article went up last week. Uh, they are getting ready for the world championships. And then um, I should have later this week some cinema on ice photos. Giada went to that show in, um, I believe it was in Italy yesterday. Um, so hopefully those photos will be coming to me soon and I will be happy to share those on our website. But yeah, a little bit of a busy week at FSO and now we turn towards the World Junior Championships and we'll have stuff from Junior World. Yes. Busy week, busy week, busy <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to breaking that all down with you next weekend. Though, uh, though, Gina, guess what? We've reached the end of our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>